I have 19 different accounts. Therefore, I must be diversified. Well, maybe not. Are you ready? It's the On The Money Podcast with Jerry and Nick Royer. Authors, radio show hosts, TV personalities, retirement wealth coaches. On The Money with Jerry and Nick Royer starts right now. This is the On the Money with Jerry and Nick Royer podcast. This is Nick Royer, and we're broadcasting right here out of the Group 10 Financial Studios, and I'm joined, as always, by my dad, Jerry Royer, right here in the studio. Hey, it's great to be here, and I'm excited. We've got a good podcast coming up. Yeah, we're going to get to questions and answers this time. Uh, we're going to, you know, that's a, that's always a fun thing. We get questions a lot. You can always go to our website, which is group10financial.com and you can submit your questions there and, and, uh, it might even make it to a podcast. So absolutely. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, I'm kind of, uh, we're getting to the end of the school year now and, uh, my kids, I have two, uh, Abby, going uh, in the second grade. Second can you grade. believe that? I, Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, second grade and Bradley, he's going to this, seventh, seventh grade. So Abby's second, Bradley's seventh. And so, um, you know, testing is over for them. At least for now. <laughs> it's get, Well, it's getting close. They had the FSA tests and all those different things. So testing's kind of getting close to over, you know, for them. No more questions from the teachers. But for us, the questions always continue. Day in, day out, we're getting questions from, from people. And then, you know, we meet with uh, clients, uh, every, each and, you know, members of our client family each and every day, too. And so uh, lots of questions are going on. Um, and so a lot of things that uh, people wonder. So we're going to go to the mailbag this week to answer your questions. We're going to get to maybe two or three questions here, but as a short disclaimer, there's always going to be a disclaimer. These aren't recommendations to invest. Always do your due diligence. Make sure that you're talking with a with the right advisor, whether it be a financial advisor or a tax planner or an attorney for the estate type things. You're always wanting to make sure that you do your due diligence. Obviously, if you were here in person, you know, just like we have a question here from John that we're going to start out with, but if we if, if John were here in person, we could ask follow-up questions of John. And so we'll do our best to uh, to field some of these questions. But again, do your due diligence. These aren't recommendations to go out and, and do certain things or invest certain things. Food for thought so you can use this to help increase your financial intelligence. So let's start with our first letter here uh, this morning with John in Winter Park. And John says, when the market dropped in 2008 and 2009, I moved a lot of my money into CDs at the bank. The crash left a bad taste in my mouth, so I've left it there ever since. The problem is these CDs aren't paying anything either. I'm earning very little interest, but now I'm 69. I don't want to get any risk since I'm into retirement, but I want better than what the banks 1% or 2% are willing to give me. Any suggestions? Well, we call this yellow money. Uh, because you, it's so everybody's like, well, it shouldn't that be? I mean, you guys talk about red money, green money, uh, yellow, yellow money. Shouldn't this be green money? Because green money is no risk. Yeah, well, yellow money is because you know, because you're <laughs> you losing. Know. <laughs> yeah, you're losing money safely. Yeah, you know? so, <laughs> inflation is higher, and you know, again, you're earning lower than the inflation rate, so you're really losing money safely, John. So, if you're earning two percent a CD and inflation's three, you're going backwards by one percent, right? So that's the kind of the issue that you have going on here. So let's go over the, you know, the safety uh, 
investments. Yeah, investments that would be less risky than others. Mm-hmm. All right. So generally, these w- would be what we would call things that, that have some sort of principal protection. And when we say principal protection, that seems like the, what you're looking for, John. You're looking for some sort of principal protection. That's why you're using CDs. You just don't like the fact that the CDs aren't paying you anything for that protection. And I get that. Um, that That has been a struggle now pretty much since what 2009 yeah for 10 years you know cds were back then paying five percent i mean think about it the banks haven't lowered the interest rates on their credit cards but they've lowered it on what they pay our you know our listeners right that's a big so who's making money mm -hmm, that's that is it's a really interesting point there now why would that be Mm -hmm. (laughs) i think i read an article the other day that said that bank profits are through the roof (laughs) wonder why (laughs) Because eighteen percent interest on credit cards, and I can give you one percent, and these people will flock in here and just get put their money down. Well, we we call that the that's just how it is scenario. Okay. <laughs> what, well, you know, uh, credit cards are paying twenty percent. Well, that's just how it is. Yeah. So we've 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 grown accustomed to it. Well, CDs at their bank are only paying two percent. Well, that's just how it is. Yeah. So we've grown accustomed to it, right? So, um, but again. What type of investments would have uh, principal protection? What we would call, uh, you know, something where you can get a little bit better return, but without the downside market risk. Again, CDs are going to be one of them. That's going to be the lowest bottom of the barrel as far as interest potential. But as we move up the ladder to things that have the same principal protection but better return potential, you have things called market-linked CDs. Mm-hmm. Now and that's they're issued by some of the major banks. Yeah, okay. so you're going to have you just bi- don't walk in and say I want a market link CD because you probably can't obtain at the it local there. bank, right? Yeah, you have to go to the the institutional banks and get them from there. From there, but a market link CD is very similar to this. You might be able to get one linked to an index. It might be a five year CD, it might be a seven year CD, but you might get one that's linked to an index. Let's just say the S and P 500, and if the S and P 500 goes up seven percent, maybe you go up four. But if the S&P goes down in value, you don't lose anything. So you get a, a portion of the upswing, but none of the downswings. Um, and d- the market-linked market CDs are FDIC insured. Exactly. Yeah. But it earns generally a little bit better uh, earnings potential. It has better earnings potential than a standard CD. You've got government bonds. You've got treasuries. Those are things backed up by, uh, by the government. But, I mean, if you think about a government bond now, you might have to have your money locked into there for 30 years, and you're only earning a couple percent. So maybe a little bit better than the CD, but maybe not all that well. Yeah, and then you have fixed annuities, indexed annuities. There are a lot of what I call modern indexed annuities with insurance companies that have averaged over 5% within the last uh, 10 years. That's much better than the bank, and it's still principal protected based on the claims-paying ability of the insurance And company. that's interesting to see is, is most people think, well, annuities, those are bad. And we we use them in our practice. It's not for everybody. Fixed annuities are not for everybody. But again, a fixed annuity is through an insurance company, much like a CD through a bank. And where a CD might say, we'll pay you 2% for five years, we find fixed annuities – are, are like fixed rate annuities, they might pay a little bit better interest. It might be three and a half percent for five years. So there are some benefits there. An indexed annuity, though, like you were saying, that can be linked to an index too, where if the market goes up 10%, maybe you go up six as an example. I'm just throwing out an example. You don't get everything in an upswing. But again, if the market goes down in value, you don't lose anything in a down market. 
good example of this. Let's say you put in $100,000. And let's say the first year out the gate you earned 6%. You now have $106,000. Let's say the following year the market crashes. You still have $106,000. Yeah, how would how many people would have felt really great back in 2008 when they saw their accounts go down 40 in some cases 50% if they would have still seen the market go down but their bucket stayed full and possibly had some of their money diversified yeah. into these alternative type of yeah. investments yep. you don't put everything in something like this you use it as part of an overall plan but it can be part of an overall plan so john great question there hopefully i gave you some food for thought on different alternatives to look into and start doing your research on and we got another question here i'll, I'll feel this one to you dad uh, this is from terry and Orlando. Terry says, I'll be retiring next year. I have about $100,000 in my Roth IRA and about $800,000 in my 401k. My plan is to spend my $100,000 Roth first to keep my taxes low as I retire. And after that's gone, then start taking withdrawals from my 401k to supplement my retirement. Is that a good way to do things? Basically to take the Roth first and the IRA second. Does it matter which one I start taking money? Money from first, or should I just take some from each account? Boy, it sure does make a difference, Terry. There's a rule of thumb for the order of taking money. And the first one is money from work. If you're still working, use that first. Then money from your non-IRA accounts, non-IRA accounts. Then you would go and take dollars from your IRA accounts. And at the end, the Roth IRA would come out, not first. And why would that be? Because you've had all this time to accumulate more money. And when it comes to taking the dollars out, it's going to be tax-free. Out of the Roth. Yeah, for mm-hmm. the rest of your life. Yeah, and yeah. taxes will likely go up in the future. So if I'm 75 years old, I'm looking at this as would I like to have taxable money? You know, tax-deferred money that i got to pay tax on whenever I take money out? Or would I have like to have tax-free money that when I take money out, I'm never taxed? You know, and, and again, just like with uh, the Trump tax bill that went in, everybody was saying, gee, it's 4%, but we're getting, it on average, reduction in taxes. And, they're, uh, you know, wow, this is awesome. But again, read the small print. It's only until 2025, which means at that point, it can reverse back to what it was before. Yeah, and then who knows what administration we have at that point in time. Um, no matter what, I don't think they're going to be as favorable to tax cuts um, in the future as they, as they have been uh, right now. So, uh, again, uh, Terry, raiding your Roth IRA early and spending that one down and then being left with nothing but uh, tax- taxable, income. T- taxable money down the road is, mm-hmm. is probably not the best idea. I would change the order of it again to recap what dad said it's a good idea to, to use your money from work first then your non-ira accounts then money from your ira accounts but then hold at as long as possible on using those money from the roth accounts so that's a fantastic question and it we get really that a lot is. we get and, that a lot and i hope that helped terry so i've got the last one i, I do you want to do I'll, I'll mention this one i'll field this one to you that was that was a good one this is what this one's from brenda Okay. okay, Brenda and Lake Mary. So she says, I know I'm supposed to be diversified with my investments. I just don't know if I'm doing it the right way. I'm 66 years old and I'm retiring this year. I have a 401k that's invested in mutual funds, four IRAs that are in various mutual funds, a Roth IRA that's in various growth stocks, 
The total of those accounts is about $750,000. I then have about $5,000 in checking and savings. So I'm diversified in eight different accounts. Is that enough? Well, (laughs) the problem as I see it is you have a bunch of accounts all invested in the same thing except for your checking and savings accounts. You know, you have a, a, a number of accounts you have doesn't mean you're diversified. Basically, you have what we call investment overlap, a bunch of things, but they're all invested the same way. Yeah, think about it this way. If I was, um, I'll just throw out a bank. Let's just say XYZ Bank. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even going to mention a bank. I'll just say Are XYZ they FDIC Bank. Yeah, they're FDIC. <laughs> <laughs> it's XYZ Bank, and yeah, they're FDIC insured. So, so let's just let's just take the fictitiously XYZ Bank, and let's say that they had oh, the only thing that that bank has is a checking account, and let's say that I have a hundred dollars. Does it make sense for me to open up one hundred different checking account numbers and put one of my dollars in each of those hundred different ones? Is that diversification? Because hey, I've got a hundred account numbers, and so. It may make you feel real good, but no, you're not diversified. And so, you know, to put that into perspective, you know, Brenda, that that you have a bunch of different account numbers, but they're all virtually invested in the same thing. You know, if I lived on an island, okay, and let's say that that island had a road, Mm -hmm. just one road, and it wasn't a big island. Let's say it was the size of my office building, and let's say it had one road down the middle, and I'm surrounded by water. Sounds like Key West. Okay, so you got so, one right, road so, in yeah, and you're so, surrounded by okay. water. Right? Well, but Key West has a bridge that connects me to the mainland. Let's say that that bridge didn't go through Marathon and it wasn't connected to the mainland. Mm-hmm. Okay, now would good diversification be me owning fifty cars? <laughs> would it make sense for me to get a helicopter and possibly a car or a boat so I could go because there's no bridge connecting? Let's say right. Would it make sense to have a boat so I could get from point A to point B instead of being stuck on the island? If I had the money and the, and the ability to do so, would it be di- a good idea for me to diversify in more vehicles than just 50 different automobiles? Absolutely it would because you'd want to get out of there, and if you've only got a car and there's no bridge, you're – What happens in a hurricane? Uh, yeah, and that has happened. You know, so yeah. so Brenda, you're 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 mentioning that you have four IRAs; those are in mutual funds. A Roth IRA that's in stock. You have uh, pretty much uh, you know a four hundred one k that's all in mutual funds. So you have one, two, four, five. You have six. You have uh, se- almost seven accounts here. That's all in different mutual funds and stocks. Yeah, you got seven hundred and fifty grand, ninety nine percent of your money in the roof. It's all in red money. Red red money. Risk money. money. It's all in one category. It's all in the Wall Street world as well. And she only has 1% of her money, which is $5,000, in checking and savings accounts. So so you have almost an upside-down pyramid. You've got 99% of your money at risk, and you only have 1% in what we would call green money, which is principal-protected money. And so – And you're one year from retirement. So – you may want to sit down and really look at where you are and where you should be. But I think this is a myth. People look at the number of account numbers they have, and they think that's diversified. It's not the number of account numbers you have. It's where the dollars that are in those account numbers are invested. And you want to make sure that you're diversified across multiple different things. You know, the Wall Street world, the banking world, the insurance world. There's all these different worlds that you can invest your money in. Don't just be held bound to thinking, well... 
Um, you know, my 401k only had mutual funds. Therefore, that must be the world of investments. Mm-hmm. There are so many different things out there. There's so many different alternatives. And people just like you are, are asking these questions, too, because the world has given you really half truths, I find, about diversification and what that really is. Everyone else is telling you that diversification is just own 50 stocks instead of one. Uh, and what I'm telling you is that this is just like investing in 50 cars. Uh, again, living on that island when it when you should actually have something else so you would be able to get out in, in case of a hurricane. So, again, um, you know, that's a great question, Brenda. Uh, you know, there, I don't know if you have any other thoughts for Brenda on that one there, Dad. No, I'd just say, uh, Brenda, with all the mutual funds you have, take out your prospectus and see where they're invested. And I'll rest, you can just be sure that there's a really overlap a lot of them have disney a lot of them have walmart and they have <laughs> yeah. a, so you're invested in the same thing maybe 50 times yeah okay, you, you, okay, okay. So this is a sidebar because that's perfect that's, that's a great example of that so let's say that you had the s&p 500 spy mm-hmm. that's the 500 stocks on the s&p 500 and let's say that you said well i'm going to diversify i'm also going to own vanguard 500 <laughs> okay Right. Well, one is just from Vanguard and one is with S&P. It's almost it, – they're invested in virtually the same things inside of those because it's still the 500 companies on the S&P 500. So, again, you want to make sure that you're truly diversified in more things and that you're not doing uh, – you're getting things um, with that investment overlap like Dad just mentioned. Yeah, and we've created our On the Money Retirement Toolkit to help give you these tools you need to help guide you through retirement. It includes a free copy of our book, which we're really excited about, Defuse, The Seven Steps of Saving Your 401k from the IRS. And all you have to do is give us a call, and we'll ship it to your door free of charge. We'll even put in our 20-point retirement checklist and the 10 myths about retirement report at no cost. Just text us. Uh, to the word retire at 31996. Again, that's retire, R-E-T-I-R-E, to 31996. And again, you know, I want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast today. Um, there were some great questions here. We got into topics on diversification. We got into topics, uh, you know, on, on how to get better rates of return than sitting at the bank. And then, Terry, it was a great question that you had there, too, about how to take money out uh, uh, in what order. Do you take the Roth first, the IRA first? These are all questions that I think are going through people's minds as they get near and closer to retirement each and every year. And that's why we have these questions is is, um, we get these and it's like, wow, I've heard that question 10 times from somebody else. Mm -hmm. Let's make that a question on the podcast. So be sure to go to our website, uh, www.onthemoneyshow.com for free downloads. We have about 60 episodes or 61 episodes on there now. Um, There's lots of free material there as well. Spread the word. Share that website with people. And then also you can write your questions there and send them to us. And we'll put that uh, on our next question and answer show. And until then, as always, I want to thank you for your time this time. Until next time, so long, everyone. You've been listening to the On the Money with Jerry and Nick Royer podcast. Catch new episodes every week to discover the latest retirement strategies and tips for retiring well from Jerry and Nick. To subscribe to the podcast, head to onthemoneyshow.com. That's onthemoneyshow.com. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Group 10 Financial and Brookstone Capital Management are independent of each other.